the city of Providencialis. Here is tonight's Nations Report with Zoya Fessler. It's Monday, February 6, 2023. Here's a look at today's headlines. New appointment at National Insurance Board. Minister of Infrastructure elaborates on housing. St. Martin is running out of burial space. Olympic champion Shawnee Miller expecting her first child. Europe bans Russian diesel. Astronomers have discovered new moons on Jupiter. We'll also take a look at the latest in the sporting world and your weather forecast. Join me for those stories and more. I'm Soya Fassler. Thank you all so much for tuning in to The Nation Station 89.1 FM. The Turks and Caicos Islands National Insurance Board has announced the appointment of Esther Ann Harvey to the post of financial controller. Harvey holds a Bachelor of Science degree in accounting with second-class honors from the University of the West Indies and an associate's degree in arts majoring in accounting and information technology with credit from the Barbados Community College. Her professional career began in the private sector with a junior accountant post at Ernst & Young in Barbados. She then progressed to being the accountant and office manager before migrating to the TCI in 2020. She joined the NIB family in July of 2020 as an accountant and was further promoted to deputy financial controller in April of 2022. Now she has been promoted once again to the post of financial controller. Harvey's appointment became effective February 1st. And news from the Royal Turks and Caicos Islands Police Force. A 24-year-old man, Jumilla Isma of Five Keys Providenciales, has been charged with murdering Stuart Harris and Tamia Simmons. Isma was arrested on January 31st and charged on February 3rd, following instructions received from the Office of the Director of Public Prosecutions. The charges against him are as follows. On Sunday, September 4th, 2022, at Harris Yard in Five Keys, did murder Stuart Harris, contrary to Section 3 of the Offenses Against the Person Ordinance. On Sunday, September 4th, 2022, at Harris Yard in Five Keys, did murder Tamia Simmons, contrary to Section 3 of the Offenses Against the Person Ordinance. The accused is expected to appear before a magistrate this week. Now, the Honorable Jamel Robinson, Minister of Physical Planning and Infrastructure Development, recently returned to the islands after leading a delegation to Nassau, Bahamas, where they met with the Honorable Joe Beth Colby Davis in the Ministry of Transport and Housing for the Bahamas to discuss matters pertaining to the affordable and quality homes for the TCI and the Bahamas alike. The team led by the minister also included the Honorable Randy Howell, Desmond Wilson, the Permanent Secretary, Dominique Durham, the Director of Housing and Community Renewal, Adrian Malcolm, the Assistant Development Control Engineer with the Physical Planning Department, and Vershina Forbes, the Executive Assistant to the Minister. They arrived in the Bahamas on Sunday, January 29th, for two days of meetings with the Ministry of Housing and Transport, including a visit to Abaco, which is recovering in the aftermath of Hurricane Dorian. Right now we know what's being said about the Turks and Caicos Bahamas relationship right now. So being the type of person I am, I don't shy away from controversy or shy away from what needs to be done. The fact of the matter is the Bahamas is the closest
closest thing we have to Turks and Caicos when it comes to the challenges that we are likely to experience with housing in the country. Because guess what? They are also a multi-island archipelago. So it made sense for a program, and again, this is a recently started program on their on their end, which is probably only about um, a year and a half old, basically since this new government took office, that they are progressing their housing program, which essentially we intend to do in relatively short order, because the draft of the housing policy is already done. All things being considered, it should be on the next cabinet agenda, and fingers crossed, we get, we'll get it passed, and then we can roll it out shortly thereafter. So, having that invitation to come and see what they're doing, see how they're develop their housing department even because for them they have about 58 staff members with about 12 units with various aspect of the housing uh, scenario which has to be um, taken into consideration so right now in Turks we have like three persons in the housing department so where we are and where they are in terms of the scheme and again they aren't in a position where you could say they're perfect but we have to see our trajectory and see where we can learn from others so we don't have to make the mistakes that they would have made or others would have made in the past because we have a tight window to be able to deliver keys in person's hands and that's what we want to do so it was a great opportunity they have a very aggressive minister who i can identify with when it comes to wanting to deliver for the people rather than the Bahamas in her instance or the Turks and Caicos in my instance and me and my team's interest and the government in general's interest. But it was a good opportunity to see what others are doing so we can take the best practices from them and the things that we can't use, we won't. The Ministry of Infrastructure's Housing Department is focused on providing TCI citizens with a sense of independence through home ownership. This visit allowed the ministry to gain insight from a multi-island archipelago similar to ours that is also faced with comparable challenges. The team received valuable contributions and ideas, some of which will be considered as we shape and implement our housing policy to the benefit of Turks and Caicos Islanders. During the visit, the minister and team was exposed to the new operating structure of the housing department, as well as holding discussions with Arawak Homes Limited, the developer of the new Pinecrest housing project. The team was also treated to a cocktail reception sponsored by Arawak Homes Limited. So we had an opportunity not only to see um, pre-construction going on, or construction going on in its infancy phase down at Renaissance at Carmichael, which is a um, a subdivision that when it's all said and done will have upwards of 400 homes. I believe they're aiming to have at least 100 homes built and given out in addition to some condos and stuff within the next uh, six months or so because of the type of homes they're building. We also got to see some finished products in Pinecrest down in the Bahamas which is a public part, public private partnership with Ararac Homes as well as we went to uh, Abaco for division and of course everybody knows that Abaco would have been significantly devastated following the passage of Hurricane Dorian several years ago so we are seeing what the rebuild aspect so some instances you have the completely fresh land you're doing a new project completely in the other instances you're talking about having um, rebuilt 
rebuilding in some instances or even rebuilding where there was once a house and now there's no house so you have a combination so we kind of looked at the entire spectrum of housing that is taking place in the Bahamas so we can be able to modify how we operate because we didn't need them to create our plan so to speak our housing plan because we know what our priorities are when it comes to housing but seeing how they operationalize. The delegation returned to the TCI on Wednesday, February 1st. Now newly appointed CARICOM Youth Ambassador and host of RTC show What's Up, Andy Mizick, is committed to ensuring that students are engaged with mentors in the community. Andy started a mentorship program with the Clement Owl High School and Louise Garland Thomas High before he was appointed as CARICOM Youth Ambassador. He embarked on this initiative through working in the Department of Social Services and realizing the need to engage with our young people and show them a positive path and outlook on life. Last week, Andy, along with co-host of another RTC show, First Edition Shivago Jolly, visited a group of more than 20 students to interact with the youth and explain the importance of making money, investing money, and becoming successful. Uh, to me, it's impossible to put a quantitative value on how important it is to mentor youth. Um, it, it's just like any investment that you'd make, um, whether it's buying a home or, or placing your money in stock and bonds, it, you you know that it has to be done so you can reap the benefits someday, and that's exactly what it is. These are the people that we're going to be engaging with at the highest level someday. They're not just going to be engaging with me. These are the people that are going to interact and teach my children. So as an individual, I have a responsibility to mentor them. And it's just like we mentioned in the session, we have the responsibility to put them on game. We have to provide the cheat codes for them, the maps. Like we have to remove the clouds from the map so they can see the entire field. The mistakes we made doesn't necessarily have to be their mistakes. What took me 20 years should teach my next level uh, mentees 10 years and then the even younger guys five years. This knowledge is supposed to be passed on and constantly enhance. So the value isn't just intangible. There's tangible value here. So mentoring young people isn't just for them. There's a deep satisfaction knowing that you've passed on information and you've done something for someone that you wish someone had done for you. As mentioned, Andy was a social worker, which allowed him to engage with a number of persons and encounter a number of situations where he needed to give someone that extra boost. He also started a new show on RTC for the youth by the youth, completely engaging persons in the young age bracket to talk about various topics affecting our community, careers in which young people have excelled in, and more. He mentors youth at both the Louise Garland Thomas High and Clement Owl High Schools to ensure that the the youth are given tips to taking the right path. Uh, like I always say, you know, uh, we are like born as blank slates and everything we do is basically based on what we see and what we know, what we think as the way. So uh, mentorship is very important because you provide like a, a map for them, like to tell them like the right path that they can take. And as well as Mr. Jolly spoke about earlier, you know, he want us to be further than he is currently. And just like I want them to be further than I am currently. So mentorship helps and basically bridging the gap.
And as we continue to populate as a country, you know, the, the way in which the, the resources that we had growing up, it might be, I mean, as scarce for them and they have to be more competitive than we were. So it's basically just helping them to prepare them mentally for what's in here, ahead because, I mean, they might think they're just a bit of roses when really it's not. So it's just basically helping them so that we become a better country and a better world. And of course, we asked a few of the youth what they learned from that session. Not get distracted. It can help us later on in life when we get out on our own. You must not be distracted. You must stay focused and make sure you turn your money to passive income. It prepares the future generation of the Turks and Caicos. I learned that even you don't always have to go to college but college is a good you know a good start and don't feel like if you're working you have to spend your money on unrealistic things you know you can save up remember it may take time but at least with that time you you know you'll develop and make more money and that way have your own businesses and do what you gotta do. I really appreciate that because inside the community, you know, there's a lot of gun violence, people going out the wrong way, a lot of crime, a lot of young kids getting influenced through the bad things. It's good to have someone to come and, you know, give them a clear part of life, let them know that violence is not the key and, you know, you'll have a more clear path. Well, that brings us to the end of our local news segment. Regional news is up next. Let's take a look at what's going on with our neighbors. President Dr. Irfan Ali announced that 1,200 homes will be completed by the end of 2023 in Region 6, Guyana. Ali made the revelation while visiting the Fort Ordinance housing development in Burbis on Thursday night. Construction has been completed on 200 low-income houses in the development, and Ali said that they have already been allocated. The 200 homes cost the state almost 3.8 billion Guyanese dollars. The government has allocated a total of 54.5 billion Guyanese dollars in the 2023 national budget for housing development in new and existing areas, including the construction of roads, drains and bridges, and the installation of utilities to meet housing demands. Now, the Dutch Caribbean island of St. Martin is facing a situation with its public cemetery where space is running out for burials. Egbert Doran, Minister of Public Housing, Spatial Planning, Environment and Infrastructure, recently revealed there is no burial space in the ground, and most persons who have family members buried in the ground are encouraged to go on top of that grave if needed. The minister said there are just over 420 vaults in the cul-de-sac public cemetery that are currently in use, with the exception of a few that were created for kids. The government is currently in the process of building a few more, but as land is limited and the hillside is extremely steep, the state is limited to the number of vaults it can build. In 2022, there were 258 deaths on island, 241 in 2021, 233 in 2020, and 194 in 2019. An immediate solution is being undertaken where the world around the use of urn vaults for loved ones is. 
This means that persons will be cremated and placed inside a vault a fraction of the size used by a coffin. This is currently being looked at as a viable long-term solution. The government is also in the process of seeking land to accommodate the need that they have for burial space. And two-time reigning Olympic 400-meter champion Shawnee Miller-Ubio announced she is pregnant with her first child. The Bahamian made the announcement on social media platforms on Saturday, and this means she will not defend her 400-meter title at the 2023 World Championships in Budapest in August. New Year, New Blessing is what she posted on her Instagram account with her husband, Maisel Ubio of Estonia, the 2019 World Championship silver medalist in the decathlon. Miller Ubio, 28 years old, won the Olympic 400 titles at the 2016 Olympics in Rio de Janeiro and defended her title at the 2020 Tokyo Games held in 2021. Shawnee won her first world title in the 400 meter in Oregon in 2022 after being the runner-up in Beijing in 2015 and Doha in 2019 when she was sensationally beaten by Salwa Ayid Nasser, who ran a blistering 48.14, the third fastest time in history. Following the World Championships last year, Shawnee said she planned to drop the 400 meters and focus on the 200 meters going into the 2024 Paris Games. She has the 200-meter bronze from the 2017 World Championships and has the world's fastest woman in the event in 2019. That wraps up the happenings around the region. International news is up next. So let's take a look at what's going on around the world. Europe imposed a ban on Sunday on Russian diesel fuel and other refined oil products, slashing energy dependency on Moscow and seeking to further destroy the Kremlin's fossil fuel earnings as punishment for invading Ukraine. The ban comes along with a price cap agreed by the group of seven allied democracies. The goal is allowing Russian diesel to keep flowing to countries like China and India and avoiding a sudden price rise that would hurt consumers worldwide while reducing the profits funding Moscow's budget and war. Diesel is key for the economy because it is used to power cars, trucks carrying goods, farm equipment and factory machinery. Diesel prices have been elevated due to recovering demand after the COVID-19 pandemic and limits on refining capacity, contributing to inflation for other goods worldwide. The new sanctions create uncertainty about prices as the 27-nation European Union finds new supplies of diesel from the U.S., Middle East and India to replace those from Russia, which at one point delivered 10% of Europe's total diesel needs. Those are longer journeys than from Russia's ports, stretching available tankers. Prices also could be driven up by reviving demand from China as the economy rebounds after the end of COVID-19 restrictions. The price cap of $100 per barrel for diesel, jet fuel and gasoline is to be enforced by barring insurance and shipping services from handling diesel priced over the limit. Most of those companies are located in Western countries. 
Russia earned more than $2 billion from diesel sales to Europe in December alone, as importers appear to have stocked up with added purchases ahead of the ban. Europe has already banned Russian coal and most crude oil, while Moscow has cut off most shipments of natural gas. Now astronomers have discovered 12 new moons around Jupiter, putting the total count at a record-breaking 92. That's more than any other planet in our solar system. Saturn, the one-time leader, comes in at a close second with 83 confirmed moons. The Jupiter moons were added recently to a list kept by the International Astronomical Union's Minor Planet Center. They were discovered using telescopes in Hawaii and Chile in 2021 and 2022, and their orbits were confirmed with follow-up observations. These newest moons range in size from 0.6 miles to 2 miles, or 1 kilometer to 3 kilometers. In April, the European Space Agency will be sending a spacecraft to Jupiter to study the planet and some of its biggest icy moons. And next year, NASA will launch the Europa Clipper to explore Jupiter's moon of the same name, which could harbor an ocean beneath its frozen crust. Jupiter and Saturn are loaded with small moons believed to be fragments of once bigger moons that collided with one another or with comets or asteroids. For the record, Uranus has 27 confirmed moons, Neptune has 14, Mars has 2, and Earth has 1. Venus and Mercury come up empty. Jupiter's newly discovered moons have yet to be named. Only half of them are big enough, at least 1 mile or 1.5 kilometers or so, to warrant a name. That's it for international news. Sports is up next. Let's take a look at what's going on in the sporting world. The 2023 NBA All-Star Weekend has been announced for February 17th through 19th in Salt Lake City, Utah. The All-Star Game will be an exhibition game played on February 19th on the 30th anniversary of the first All-Star Game held in Salt Lake City back in 1993. It will be the 72nd edition of the event. The game will be hosted by the Utah Jazz at Vivint Arena. The game will be televised nationally by TNT for the 21st consecutive year. As had been in the case in previous years, the rosters for the All-Star Game were selected through a voting process. The fans could vote through NBA's website as well as through their Google accounts. The starters were chosen by the fans, media, and current NBA players. Fans made up 50% of the vote and NBA players and media each comprised 25% of the vote. The two guards and the three front court players who received the highest cumulative vote totals in each conferences were named the All-Star Starters and two players in each conferences with the highest votes were named Team Captains. The All-Star Game Starters were announced on January 26, 2023. Kyrie Irving of the Brooklyn Nets and Donovan Mitchell of the Cleveland Cavaliers were named the back 
court starters in the East, earning their 8th and 4th All-Star appearances respectively. Jason Tatum of the Boston Celtics and Kevin Durant of the Brooklyn Nets were named the front court starters in the East, earning their 4th and 13th All-Star appearances respectively. Joining the East front court was Giannis Atikonpo of the Milwaukee Bucks, his 7th All-Star selection. Steph Curry of the Golden State Warriors and Luka Doncic of the Dallas Mavericks were named to the starting backcourt in the West, earning their ninth and fourth All-Star appearances. In the front court, LeBron James of the Los Angeles Lakers earned his 19th All-Star appearance, tying with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for most appearances in NBA history. Joining James in the front court were Zion Williamson of the New Orleans Pelicans and Nikola Jocic of Denver Nuggets, earning their second and fifth All-Star appearances. The NBA All-Star Draft will start at 7.30 p.m. on Sunday, February 19th. LeBron and Giannis were named captains as they both received the most votes from the West and the East, respectively. James will have first selection because he was the overall leading vote-getter in the balloting process. The first eight players to be drafted will be starters. The next 14 players, seven from each conference, will be chosen by NBA head coaches. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver will select replacements for any player who is unable to participate in the All-Star Game, choosing a player from the same conference as the player who's being replaced. The 2023 All-Star Game will use the same format as the 2020 edition. The team that scores the most points during each of the first three 12-minute quarters will receive a cash prize which will be donated to a designated charity. The pot will roll over if the teams are tied. The fourth quarter will be untimed with the first team to meet or exceed a target score. The score of the leading team in total scoring after three quarters plus 24 declared the winner. The 2023 NBA All-Star Celebrity Game presented by Ruffles will be played on Friday, February 17th at the John M. Huntsman Center in Salt Lake City. That brings us to the end of sports, but before we go, let's take a look at our weather forecast. Mostly sunny skies with a few clouds from time to time, highs of 80 degrees and lows of 74. Winds are coming from the east at 5 to 10 miles per hour. A 10 to 25% chance of rain is expected and humidity levels remain around 83%. That completes our weather forecast and today's newscast. Recapping the news for today, new appointment at National Insurance Board. Minister of Infrastructure elaborates on housing. St. Martin is running out of burial space. Olympic champion Shawnee Miller is expecting her first child. Europe bans Russian diesel. Astronomers have discovered new moons on Jupiter. I want to thank you all so much for joining me here on RTC 89.1 FM for today's newscast. If you'd like to read more stories or if you missed today's presentation, you can visit our website at www.rtc89fm.com or download the RTC app in the Google Play Store for the news or to listen to our podcast. If you see news in the making or you just have a story you'd like us to follow, email us at news at rtc89fm.com. Have a good evening, Turks and Caicos. I am Zoya Fassler. Join us again tomorrow evening at 6 p.m. for another edition of The Nation's Report.